Hey friends, welcome to Real You again. Um, it's great to be back. Um, I'm going to continue on our series of the carnal mind, which is um, eventually going to be um, the title is the title of the whole series. Uh, maybe if I can get it together, it's going to be um, the disease of me. But um, we're talking today again about I, me, myself, and mine. And we left off last time talking about the definition of the carnal mind or the ego. And I want to I start there and keep uh, progressing. I, I hope, uh, hope these are enlightening to you and maybe you can learn some stuff about yourself, about what's going on inside, and uh, process all this. The, the ego, the ego, carnal mind, um, however you want to call it, the flesh, the Adamic nature, the beast nature, it's kind of reflected all throughout the scriptures. It's made up of a bundle of thoughts over time through past, evaluated and gathered through past experiences with emotional attachment and feeling. It's usually manifested through an attitude or behavior, and it's sealed, but hidden behind a belief system. And I said this last time about the belief system. It's very important about the belief system because um, the belief system is um, it's hard to tackle that because it seems like such a good moralistic thing to be behind, but it can actually hinder you from unraveling yourself and I, I tell people all the time what, what happens is, um, well, I know this for a fact, when you go to another level in God consciousness, in God, or however you want to call that, when you go to another level, you um, a lot of times it's at the expense of your yesterday's revelation, and, and there's a crashing that takes place, and I, don't, I, I have a lot of teaching on that, I don't really want to get into that, but if you if you email me or write me, I can explain this process to you because I believe a lot of people right now are living in that space in between of transitioning into the next revelation of God and the next thing that that, that is being revealed in us, to us, about us, and through us. And, and what's happening is our current present day belief system is crashing and it's not it's 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 getting harder and harder to hold it all together and to make sense out of what we used to make perfect sense and i read a wonderful book by Brené Brown and and she she had a quote in there that that said you know basically faith um the opposite of faith is is not unbelief we've been taught all our life i have the opposite of faith is unbelief and doubt which which makes common sense but she said this lady she quoted this lady and 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 the lady said um the opposite of faith is not doubt and unbelief the opposite of faith is certainty and that made a lot of sense because somehow we've taken and this is what the carnal mind will do we've taken this majestic unknowable unsearchable unfathomable grace and god and love and power and majesty and we shrunk it down to a little package that fits really nice and neat that we hide in and say, this is God. Everything inside this circle is God. Everything outside that I don't understand, it's irrelevant. It's got nothing to do with me. And that's called a belief system. She said we have shrunk 
this faith that used to be in the unfathomable, unsearchable riches of Christ. It's this magnificent life of trusting in the unknown. It's this wonderful uh, journey of just living in the now. We've shrunk that down to certainty. That, that everything we, if you give, you get back. If you pay your tithes, the devil won't get you. You know, you got all these rules and all these principles, and yet God can shatter all them. And I believe if he's called you to a deeper level, I believe that beginning at the beginning of last year and the first part of this year is going to be a, a, a crashing. There's a shift of consciousness. There's a shift of, of importance. There's a shift in, there's a shift happening in the earth. And, and, and I don't want to like play on the Japan earthquake and stuff, but the reality is I, I felt like I wrote this down, um, Maybe I'll pod, I'll blog it one day, but I wrote down at like two in the morning um, some things, and one of the one of the things that I, I was just awakened with this thought, with this, I just kept hearing what was happening, and I just awakened to this thought, and I I got up at two in the morning and jotted it down, and one of the things was was the shift in the consciousness, like the breaking down of of the old belief system, and that's why I said last time. Your belief system doesn't need defending. If you feel like you have to defend it and, and you have to, uh, well, you know, then it's not much of a belief system. All you're required to do is live it. And you don't have to force it on other people. You don't have to defend it. You don't have to prove it. It stands on its own. The things that are God's will stand on their own. In time, it'll be known that this was God. And that's what I'm learning. Um, you know, Jesus was, was in the garden right, right prior to getting arrested from Judas betraying him. And, and there was um, a wonderful verse there that, that um, the scripture says they came to get him and Peter took out a sword and swung it and cut the right ear off of a servant named Malchus. And um, that word servant, that, that word Malchus there, I think, in the, in the original language, it has a connotation to a kingly priesthood, a kingly generation. And what I discovered was, um, if you try to see Peter try to defend Jesus, he tried to defend a belief, he tried to defend this uh, great man, great son of God, tried to defend him, and what he did was he cut off the right ear. He cut off one ear of the generation to come, the kingly generation to come. And the very last miracle that Jesus did on the earth was he took that ear and put it back on because he did not want people to hear half-truth from that point on. And, and when you defend and, and your belief system and you fight for it, defend it, vote on it, do all these things about it, what you actually do is projecting, you're, you're cutting off the ear, one ear of the generation, and they hear it from a half point of view, and they can't fully hear what you're trying to say because they know that doesn't make sense. And so I say all that because Adam had this awareness. It says the eyes of them were both open. They All of a sudden, they had a past. They had a feeling towards it. They felt funny. They heard a voice. All these things we've been talking about. But the reality is they had a belief system now that they could feel like they could approach God and, and be in the belief system. The belief system was they've sewed fig leaves and covered their nakedness, and that was their belief system. And the carnal mind was hidden in that. And that's why, in my opinion, that God says, you know, you got to leave the, you got to leave this garden. 
because in the perfect consciousness of God, there's no remembrance of sin, there's no remembrance, there's a clear conscience, there's perfected reality, and that's, that's where we're coming back to. So today I want to share with you some of the fruits of this, uh, what I call, attachment. Um, the carnal mind has to be attached to external things, and it has to be attached to, it can't survive without a past to feed on. And without those, you feeding the emotion uh, and passions about the hurt of your past or the whatever, that feeds the carnal mind. And what I discovered was um, we have so much identity with, with external things, we, we become obsessed with things. And, it, and what's happened is created our consumerism society and economic structures where we always have to have more. We're always striving for more, and we never have enough. And even when you get something new, it becomes old so quickly. Those are all symptoms of the carnal mind, trying to be attached to the external. And I remember being in Kansas, and what I, what I shared with them was our whole American um, culture is driven by the carnal mind. I mean, the carnal mind, which says I'm attached to things, that I have to have the newest and the latest and the greatest. And what's happening it is the retailers are not selling, and, and yeah, they are better products probably. They're probably not worth that much more than the other products, maybe, maybe not. But And not only are you paying for the name, but you're, what, what I like to say is um, retailers are selling identity enhancement to the soft, false sense of self. So they're selling the ego enhancement, like buy our products and you'll be a better person. You'll be projected as a lot more important. You'll be, you will have the best. And so you must be the best. And, you know, so our, our whole culture is driven. And, and that's why my sons buy $65 t-shirts when, when the reality is honest to God, the reality is, yes, it's probably a good product. But I don't think it's worth $65 good over a, a Hanes that's colored or whatever. But it's, the, it's not just the name. It's the image. It's the false image, imago. It's the false image um, that's projected. And people are paying for false image enhancement. And that just creates more dysfunction. What I tell people all the time, look... <laughs> Being in first class is a blessing and a reward and an honor and a treasure and and God bless you if you can afford it. God bless you if you travel so many miles like me. Sometimes I can get them, but don't sit in the first class if you think everybody behind you is in second class or no class. If that's the case, then don't do it. So the reality is not that you buy a sixty-five dollar T-shirt or even own them, but don't let it affect who you are and give you a fault. Don't. Don't be so full of yourself that secretly, privately, in your inwardmost being, and only you know this, is it really make you, is it enhance your false sense of identity? If it does, then there's no wonder you have so many struggles overcoming anger or lust or whatever the fruits of the flesh is because the carnal mind is the one in charge. And we just keep feeding the beast. So today, uh, before we go, uh, I want to bless you with this thought. Jesus said, "Bless in his in his great um, beginning training." It says, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs will be the kingdom of heaven." 
And what is poor in spirit? I, I, I read a really wonderful, wonderful translation that really made a lot of sense along these lines. I, I just never really, over the years, really could break it down and say, what is poor in spirit? Does it mean, I mean, in the Greek, I know it means humbleness of mind and to think lowly, but at the same time, we're supposed to think heavenly. And, you know, I struggle, but I like this, this idea better. It says, poor in spirit means no inner baggage, no external identifications, not with anything or mental concepts that have any self-enhancement. And the kingdom of heaven is the profound joy of being who you are without being identified with what you have. Letting things go that identify you externally, emotionally, um, just learning to be again, just learning to be okay. I I shared with a really good friend of mine, and and by the way, my uh, our life coaching is going very well. Um, I've been able to. Uh, I have several friends who uh, who are signing up for the. If you go to my uh, website, you can sign up for one-on-one Skype sessions for um, life coaching or training or whatever. But my life coaching has been really fun because I've been able to share these concepts on a one-on-one level, like like try to figure out where people are at and just give them a little nugget of something. And this person was so wrapped up in the carnal mind and not even realizing and thinking, you know, that, and, and finally after we unraveled this for about 30 minutes, I just said, I want you to go look in the mirror and just say, you are enough. You're enough. It's not your problem to fix everything. It's not, it, just quit trying to fix Quit trying to worry what everybody thinks. I said, that's the lie of the carnal mind. Quit taking yourself so seriously as if the whole world's going to shut down if you make a decision. And that's what the carnal mind does. And and though it sounds humble, it's actually a a great sense of pride that you're so important. And I, I asked the person, I said, you know, secretly, the carnal mind inside of you is really got you deluded to thinking that you're so important that this one decision is going to make or break your organization. And I said, the truth is it's not. People are tougher than you think. They're more resilient. So at the end of the conversation, we just decided that it it just seemed good to say, you know what? Make the decision. Don't try to fix it. Don't worry about how people take it or not. Just do it in the right spirit. And let the chips fall where they may. Let the people who are paid to make the decisions make the decisions. And pray to God that on your journey that that you will be enough. You don't have to do this anymore to feel better about who you are, that you are enough. So I leave you with that thought today. You are enough. Do not let the carnal mind trick you because remember, it has a voice. But it's a false sense of self, and it tries to identify you with past. Because remember, the carnal mind is a bundle of thoughts over time through our past experiences that have an emotional um, attachment or feeling towards those things and created a mindset that causes us to manifest through our attitudes and behaviors, and it's all sealed behind a belief system. Beloved, do not, do not, 
defend your belief system. That's a, it's a sure sign that there's something that you have you got going on deep inside that you're afraid to get exposed. Just let it all let your belief system be what it is. And 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 free yourself from the responsibility to defend Christ. And you will expose you will wind up exposing this carnal mind. It will happen. I guarantee it'll happen. Until then, I will see you next time. Um, if you, if you, I love to hear from you. Um, I like to know that these are a blessing, or challenging, or um, thought provoking, or however they are. And if if they help, share. And by all means, share. But let me know. That's what keeps me going. All right. Um, till we uh, meet again. I'll talk to you later. God bless.